Hi, welcome to the Sounding Board. This is a podcast by the Institute of Corporate Directors Malaysia or more commonly known as ICDM. As disruption grows in scale and intensity, board leadership must evolve to stay ahead. That means governance model must transition to one that is proactive, future-focused and sustainability-driven. In this podcast, you will meet experts, governance leaders and directors who are at the forefront of that change. Together, we tackle some of the big questions facing corporate boards today and explore what it takes to be an effective director in a disruptive world. Hi everyone, my name is Nadia Hassan. Thank you for joining us today. And my guest today is Jennifer Tian, and we're talking about her journey to the boardroom. Just a little background on Jennifer, she has more than 30 years of leadership experience around the world. She's worked in Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore, China, and the US. The state side was where she had her last role. She was the global chief procurement officer for Mars, where you are probably most familiar with the famous chocolate bar but they're also the leading manufacturer of other confectionery and food products on the biggest in the world. She was actually the first woman and first Asian to be appointed to this vital leadership position. She headed a diverse team of more than 400 strong and that was all based in around 30 countries around the world. She has also led a number of really complex business transformation plans, ESG, big thing now, risk management initiatives as well. She actually joined ICDM in March 2020 as a member. Recently, she began her tenure as an independent director in a public listed board in Malaysia. And with that, hi Jennifer, nice to have you on the sounding board. Yeah, hi hi Nadia, thank you for that introduction. It's uh, great to be here and I look forward to our conversation. I am very curious about your journey because being a board member is one of the most complex and demanding roles. You are in an interesting position where you are not in charge of the day-to-day running of a company yet you still dictate its fate. You know, and and you are the the gatekeepers, one of the last ones, right? You have to juggle several interests, the interests of the company, the interests of the board. Sometimes that may not align, especially in today's volatile business landscape where I think people's tempers are actually a bit short and people are just all under pressure why did you decide becoming an independent director was the right path for you at this point in in your career because you've handled some big changes before if i start at the high level i would say that um i am a, a, a very firm believer that we have phases in our life and our career and we'll need to be very intentional about it so you've you've mentioned that i've uh, i've been with mars so i i've i had a very long and very productive career with them right and uh, mars incorporated they've given me an amazing opportunity to grow and and take on um huge responsibilities um across across the business across the world and i'm really extremely grateful for that um experience right and to have the opportunity to lead and drive uh, really complex transformations because it's procurement and you know procurement means that you you also secure the supply chain for the future so you have to make sure it's not just there it now these days people want it to be sustainable that's difficult too yes and and that's right nadia and this is where uh, mars has a very broad definition of procurement 
and in fact refers to the function as commercial, right? So beyond just uh, procurement itself, the function has accountability for other critical areas such as sustainability, uh, risk management, IP, uh, regulatory and compliance, supplier quality assurance, and 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 so on. And and so although it is now quite common for procurement to have a seat at the management table, that has been the case in Mars for many decades, right? And, and this is really grounded in the belief that procurement can drive a huge impact to the top and bottom line of the company. Um, certainly in the past a couple of decades or so, the sustainability agenda has been uh, front and center. And procurement has pioneered and led that effort in Mars. But what I meant to say, really, Nadia, is that um, all that is very good, right? So I had a very, I had a fantastic career, but I've always wanted a second chapter in my career, and I wanted it to be focused on paying it forward, right? So leveraging on my experience to help others or to help companies create value. So this second chapter was very important for me. So, so what I've done um, post-Mars is I have established a grid and pace, and this is an outfit through which I do advisory work. And um, at the same time as well, you know, uh, quite a few of my mentors and sponsors, they have recommended for me to consider serving on, on boards in, in the spirit of giving back, which for me made a lot of sense, right? So I have personally experienced how executive teams can raise the level of their performance and their effectiveness when there is a very strong um, a partnership between the board and the executive team. And on the other hand, I have also seen um, organizations where they have good talent, uh, uh, struggle or not reach their, uh, their, their peak performance when there's a gap right between the executive team and the board. And, and I believe with my experience, you know, I can add value by bridging this gap, you know. So to answer your question, you know, um, why, why did I consider to, um, to be an independent director at this point? You know, I, I really think this is my second chapter about paying it forward, Nadia. I think we all define different chapters in our career, right? Your growth phase, your, your sort of uh, nurturing phase. And now yeah. you feel that in your career, the completeness is that you can then sort of give back all the knowledge that, that you gained. Indeed. It takes a bit of pivoting, right? Um, to be honest, it took a bit of courage as well, because, you know, after a lifetime in the corporate world, I can completely um, understand. In general, change is difficult. Some people do it without thinking, you know, but definitely if you've, you've had a career and you found it very fulfilling, changing that midstream must be definitely uh, a leap. But it's a leap you took because you officially joined a public listed board here in Malaysia starting in July. But you were abroad for a number of years. Did you find it kind of easy to find board opportunities um, here? Um, no, it's the short answer. It, it was quite daunting, you know, and I was in the US and when I left Mars, and you know, I, I left Mars at the end of 2019, and we returned to Malaysia, which is great, you know, but um, clearly in terms of 
uh, my intent to kick off my board journey, I, I faced quite a few challenges. Firstly, I've been away from Malaysia for quite a number of quite a number of years. Clearly, my professional network here is not going to be as wide as my peers here. So that's one. And then there's also a narrative that being a board member in Malaysia is about uh, your know-who, right? Not so much your know-how. There's certainly a narrative there. And then there was also another narrative or assumption that you need to be either an accountant, you know, with a finance background or a legal background in order to get on board. So if you don't have any of these two qualifications, it is tough. You know, so those were those were the narratives, you know, the, the prospect of getting on board did seem quite out of reach. And I wasn't really sure. Uh, how to go about it, or even where to start. Mm, but mm, uh, mm. by a stroke of good luck, I, I met up with some acquaintances just before we had the first MCO lockdown last year. And, and they told me about uh, ICDM, the, uh, the work that ICDM is doing, and suggested that I start there. So, so I applied to be um, an affiliate member, and this is really one of the best decisions ever. So I started to take part in a lot of ICDM uh, sessions for uh, members. You know, I've, for example, I I joined a lot of the power talks, which were always relevant and you were facilitating a number of them. (laughs) Yes, I I was. I've I've always found them as somebody who, who, who's maybe thinking uh, later in life as a board member, I found them very enriching because like you said, you have this impression that it's a, quote unquote, um, boys club. Although, of course, yes. you know, it, it's just the old boys club where it's somebody you know, corporate Malaysia is small enough, everybody seems to know everyone. Yeah. So how do you get your foot in the door when, when yeah. you said either you've been away or you are not from a traditional board background, i.e. Yeah. a lawyer or an accountant? Yeah, it was quite daunting, but I felt this is where ICDM gave me, you know, a lot of hope in a sense, right? Because they showed me a path and, and they showed me the uh, the platform of how how can you get there, right? But I started to be very active. I started to take a, a lot of courses um, to have a deeper perspective of what it means to be an, an effective board member, um, you know, some of the duties associated with driving governance and, and performance of, of, of a company, and then specifically corporate governance in Malaysia, risk management, and, you know, all of that, and just staying abreast with critical themes and, and issues, right? So, so all that's good. And, and in August last year, I, I participated in an affiliate screening process and this is the process to assess one's board readiness. It's quite a formal process, right, where, certain, where they assess you based on a list of criteria. And the session that I attended was uh, chaired by Dr. Richard Curtis and Dr. Mark Rosario. For me, this session was really a very critical milestone because I received really valuable advice about my board readiness. And more importantly, both of them were very generous in terms of their encouragement and inspiration. You know, and basically they, they just said, get on with it, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, get on with your board journey, right? So I really appreciated that. And and, and, and I also want to say that, you know, when I participated in all of the events 
organized by ICDM, I, it's surprising that how quickly I've expanded my network. It's humbling how helpful and, and generous people are with their time and their effort to, to help me. Um, so if I fast forward then a bit, you know, so as you mentioned earlier, I interviewed for a board position in, in May this year, and, and I was thrilled to be um, invited to join the board. So Nadia, if I think back on, on that journey, right? So I, I think there's a couple of learnings there. So first, you know, so yes, we talked about all these narratives about being bored in Malaysia, but, but clearly times are rapidly changing. We shouldn't be constrained or be shackled by these narratives. You can be part of the change. And the second learning for me is that there is a structured path that you can take when you embark on your board journey. And this is where ICDM comes in, you know, so they, they've been very crucial in, in, in terms of providing the structure and, and, and path, right? So, so clearly my board journey is only beginning and, and ICDM is going to be one of the critical enablers for me to continue to grow and, and to develop my board competence here. Well, actually, you were among uh, some of the first to join ICDM's Aspiring Directors Immersion Program or ADIP or ADIP. Listeners who maybe are not familiar with ADIP, it's actually a three-stage accelerator program for those who, like Jennifer, wish to embark on a board career. You know, we were mentioning about the perceptions and how you get there. It seemed like getting to a board was a bit free for all. Maybe it was luck. But Mm -hmm. ADIP, as you mentioned, offers a structured path. It builds board competencies, it increases your readiness for directorship, and you've just completed sort of stage one. Was it the structure that actually got you to participate in the program? Yes, that's clearly part of it, you know, but it's clearly you've explained it very well, Nadia, that the the program, this this aspiring director's uh, immersion program is very well thought through and is very well structured, you know, so kudos to the ICDM team for packaging that together, right? And I think the really unique part about this program is, is the fact that it allows one to to have the opportunity to participate in a real-life board environment or or to have a real-life board experience. And and it also provides one with the opportunity to be mentored by by experienced board members. So so I think those elements are are pretty unique. And of course, when you join a program like that, again, you expand your your network. The cohort that I'm in is made up of really diverse um, leaders from a number of sectors and and industries, yeah. What would you like to see more from from this program? Because programs like everything need to evolve. You know, so I think that's the benefit of being in the pioneer cohort as well, right? Because you have an opportunity yeah. to pave the way and and also provide the feedback and make it easier for the for the next cohort. But yeah. um, what I would like to see from the program is, I really think, Nadia, that this is a mm. great opportunity for corporate Malaysia to step in and participate in the program. Um, I think this is early days, you know, and we'll see how well they, 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 they respond, you know, but I, I think it's a great opportunity for corporate Malaysia to, to play a more intentional role, to come forward and be very willing to play an active role in developing these potential uh, board directors, right, by, by giving them the, the real life board experience. You know, if we do this well, I think it's going to create a virtuous cycle, 
right, which in the end will benefit the entire corporate uh, Malaysia ecosystem. Of course, uh, the head of ICDM, Michelle's always said that, you know, it's most people wonder just where to start. And she wants to say that ICDM is a good start. There's never been this kind of thing where there has been a, a, a sort of repository, a, a, a Rolodex of people that you can consider outside of maybe your, your own personal circle or maybe, you know, scouring on LinkedIn. So I think that is definitely important. Maybe corporate Malaysia, especially now as agendas change and ideas change and the newer generation kind of comes in, maybe corporate Malaysia will, you know, think about reaching out in different ways. For sure. And I think, Nadia, there's a recognition Mm. that um, we are dealing with a lot of unprecedented uh, challenges, Right. Yes. So I'm, yes. I, what I'm seeing is a slow shift, d- definitely a shift towards getting more uh, diversity into boards. Right. Di- yeah. Diversity yeah. of experience, you know, and this is this is almost entirely driven by by the fact that, you know, we are facing a, a host of very, very different challenges uh, in, in, in corporate Malaysia today. Yeah. Yeah, especially for, I mean, if you want to look at some of boomers face different things from millennials, face different pressures, you know, you cannot do an apple to apple comparison for for sure. You know, there's so many other things to consider now. In the old days, you didn't have social media, right? And that impact on something like the board is is something that uh, only a person who grew up in that generation would have known. I think spot on. You've described the situation where boards have got to be made up with people with different experience and different backgrounds and and so on. Yeah. Well, you have worked with a lot of diverse teams across different geographies, different mindsets. I know that ICDM and the one thing they, they, they always hammer home and the one thing I really agree with is that board diversity can never hurt. So you've worked in a huge company. You worked with a lot of people. Why do you think diversity is so important and for you personally? And what kind of value does it add? Clearly, the benefit of diversity to any business is already well proven, right? And there's already tons of resources and and even hard evidence to underscore this this point. I'll just add a, a personal perspective. I've mentioned that, you know, the challenges that we face today is is really unprecedented on so many fronts, right? If you just name a few, right, whether it's human rights or market access, climate change, trade barriers and cybersecurity, the list just goes on and on. And some of this were not even on our radar five or 10 years ago. And all this is going to come with rapid succession and, and there's going to be more around the corner. I can tell you this, right, none of this, none of this can ever be solved just with experience alone and definitely not with a monofaceted team, right? So so if I look back, I would say the, the most productive and successful teams I've been on are the ones that has um, extreme differences in style, background, beliefs, age, ethnicities, uh, functional experience, and and, and so on. I think the the most important thing is that it's got to be diversity uh, uh, that is merit-based. That's the thing that is very crucial. I also think that we need to get away from this notion that uh, it's, it's mainly about gender, 
you know, because I, I think it's, it's it's very common, right? When we talk about diversity, you know, we tend to immediately think about gender, but it's not. It's it's far 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 broader than that, right? So. So I think if you embrace uh, diversity uh, on your team or, or or in the boardroom, I think it really brings to life this this phrase, you know, um, uh, greater than the sum of its parts, right? So one plus one plus one equals a hundred. I think gender is what you immediately kind of think about, and yeah. probably also because, and I'm very sad to say this, that the amount of gender diversity is still not a level where it should be. Maybe that's why, you know, people reach yeah, for that. that's true. Right. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Yeah. After so many years, you know, that, that's the main kind of thing. It's, and, and it's still not there. But yeah. you're right. It, it starts with maybe that's their first step, but they have to keep taking steps. Mm. I think that is the important thing. Companies cannot just tick a box, you know, say, okay, fairly competent, right gender, we're done. It, it's not that. I think a lot of people need to kind of move beyond that that mindset mm-hmm. and you've been and you're a leader you know you've been a leader for so many years you know that role as we mentioned has evolved with with the times what mindset do you think a leader in these times must have i think the underlying thing here is mm-hmm. about how you lead uh, navigate and drive change and change at pace. So driving change has never been easy, let alone trying to drive change at pace. So the question is, what does it take for us to be change agents or or leaders that can bring about this change? For me, one of the key elements, I think, is about how, as a leader, how can you engage and inspire others to be at their 200% best? to go beyond what they think that they can do. So I think if if you can do that as a leader, you would be super successful. And, and so for me, this boils down to a few things. Firstly, you got to be very good at communicating authentically. And it's yes. got to be anchored against a very clear vision of the organization's purpose. And the opportunity here is to articulate a purpose that is beyond the top or bottom line. It's got to be more than that, right? So, so, so that's the first bucket. You know, you've got to be able to communicate and, re- and reach hearts and minds, right? The second thing is, you know, I think leaders today has got to be more inclusive and more empathetic, right? So you've mentioned yes. just now, Nadia, about, you know, this multi-generational workforce, right? You've got the Gen Z that is coming into the workforce now, right? So so that's going to really, if if that's that's going to stretch your muscle. You've got to be really empathetic and and, and be very inclusive there. And I think the third thing for for, for me is, is about how can you adopt this concept of vulnerability, um, is a strength, right? So it's basically about, you know, how can you practice humility, you know, be curious, learn, listen, right? So that's, for me, are three very important things, you know, when you want to lead and, and drive massive change in an organization, right? So uh, you got to be able to communicate authentically um, what your organization's purpose is all about, 
um, you've got to have a, a leadership style, I think that is more inclusive and empathetic. And, you know, adopt this, this, this attitude that vulnerability is a strength. I think not enough people kind of take it that way, you know. I don't know whether hmm. it's culture or so many years of corporate Malaysia, you know, or just corporates in general, because you are used to a certain kind of facade. And, and let's be honest, Jennifer, in being inspiring is hard. You know, being inspirational yeah. is, is so difficult. It is. And everyone goes through this. Everyone goes through a leadership journey of their own, right? And, you know, I was once upon a time, I had a very, very different approach where I thought, okay, my job is to come here and I do my part. I deliver my role. I'm expecting you to deliver yours. You know, we're yes. all here to do business and, and let's get on with it. Right. Yes. And that's not enough. That, that's not enough, clearly. And I was, I was very lucky that I was given feedback about my approach. And I'm glad that I got that feedback quite early in my, in my career. And I yes, realized yes. that really there's a whole lot more that you can achieve when you build trust. When you, when, you, when you build trust with the people around you. And when you really take the time to understand each other's motivation. Because no one's motivated the same way. Uh, so I think if you take time, really, when I talk about being inclusive, and being empathetic, all of that takes time. And, and it's an investment. If you believe in it, if you believe that everyone is worth that time, right? I think you will see that payoff. I think that, that is a lesson that a lot of old school bosses probably need to hear. It, it, and feedback is one of the hardest things to take, right? Yeah, it is, Nadia. I, but I always tell... I always tell everyone, I tell that to my son as well, that self-awareness is everything because, you know, if you are aware of the gap or the problem, you are 50% there. And the most important thing is that commit to address it, right? Commit to, to do something about it rather than to use it as a shield, you know? So you do find, you know, sometimes you do, you do find people saying, oh, but I'm like that. Yes, you are like that and you can then, pivot right? but but so so you can choose to use it as a shield or you can choose to use it as okay i i can be better than that what advice in general i mean going back to the board things and being a yeah. leader what advice would you give to those who are thinking about starting a board career so if i look at myself first right i would say that um, if i can turn back the clock i would live through my entire career again and not change anything except for one thing. I would have liked to start my board journey 10 years ago when I was already in a C-suite role. I strongly believe that one doesn't have to wait. You don't have to wait until you've retired or graying to be a board <laughs> director. And, and actually, in, 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 in other parts of the world, it's quite common, right, to have executives to come, to come in and, and serve on boards at a much younger age. And, and I think this has a few benefits, right, you know, so to the individual and, and to their employer, you know, so being on boards, clearly, it will widen um, your perspective in terms of uh, business governance, business performance, and, and, and so on. And, and in the end, 
it will help you to be more impactful in your full-time executive role. So I would say, don't wait. If you are at a stage where you think you can play a role and you are ready, start that journey. So that's one. And and, and I would say that um, uh, if you aspire to be a board director, um, be very clear of the unique value, the very unique value that you can bring to a board. Um, so, Nadia, we, we've spoke about uh, quite a range of uh, unprecedented uh, challenges that's faced yes. all corporations, all organizations today. So there will be a pool, there will be a need for some of these unique experiences to come onto their board. So be very clear, what can you offer, right? What's the value that that you can bring? Lastly, I would just emphasize the point again, um, Nadia, that you got to commit to a development journey and that development journey never ends, right? And, and I, I think this is where ICDM can play a very critical role. You know, they, they provide the platform, they, they provide the path, you know, and they're, they're always adapting. They are very agile, you know, and they will be able to really help you with, uh, with your board journey. And I think that is... The number one reason, you know, ICTM is round. They want to help you with your board journey. Well, as much as I'd love to talk your ear off a lot more about this, uh, we've actually come to the end of our session for today. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for, for joining us. I think your insights are invaluable, especially for somebody who went away and, and came back and looked at it from, from, from that perspective. Yeah, well, thank you, Nadia. I've uh, yeah, enjoyed the conversation and, and yeah, thank, thank you very much again. Good luck for the rest of your board journey and this chapter in your career. And with that, we've come to the end. Uh, as you mentioned, we have actually several episodes of The Sounding Board. Please check them out on the website. My name is Nadia Hassan and keep an ear out for any future episodes. Everybody keep safe. Thank you for listening to The Sounding Board. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you find the conversation insightful, please share it with someone you know. The Institute of Corporate Directors Malaysia works collaboratively with boards and directors in shaping a resilient and forward-looking corporate governance culture. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter or visit icdm.com.my to explore more director programs and initiatives.